Good afternoon, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk about, well, in the afternoon, really, the film Malcolm X, because it was today on February 21st, 1965, at the Autobahn Ballroom, that Minister Malcolm X, El Malik El Shabazz, was assassinated. Today, some new information has come into into light, and so we're going to talk about this film directed by Spike Lee. It was controversial at the time because the film opens with the Rodney King uh, beatings by the police, the LAPD. But you know what? There's a reason why. It was to show there was no progress. No progress. People think, oh, okay, Malcolm X, that's 1965. Shoot to 1992. No. No. And still, and still, And so what Spike Lee does is Spike Lee basically says, you guys think things are better? Things, you you can't push things under the rug. That's what he's really doing. There's still turmoil. There's still work to be done. You cannot just exhale and breathe. It's, no. And the film Malcolm X, I mean, you look at it, even Ed Bradley, Ed Bradley of 60 Minutes interviewed Denzel Washington a couple of years ago. And he said to him, when I heard you were going to play Malcolm X, I didn't see it. I couldn't see it. And then he says he saw the movie and he became Malcolm. You know, uh, Malcolm X is also in the news because there is the film One Night in Miami, directed by Regina King. Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke. Jim Brown, yeah, Jim Brown, who was the only one still alive of that group to tell the story of what happened one night in Miami, okay? Check that film out. But tonight, we're going to talk about, I keep saying tonight, today we're going to talk about Malcolm X, an array of cast members. I mean, you got Delroy Lindo, you've got Angela Bassett, a year before she was going to play Tina Turner. Denzel Washington is Malcolm X. Um... Spike Lee is even in the film. Christopher Plummer, who just died, plays some kind of chaplain uh, while Malcolm X is in prison. Um, it, it is a, an array of performers. Debbie Mazar is in it. You know, um, that's the thing with Spike Lee films. Oh, my goodness. So many, so many characters. You know, he uses a lot of the same actors you know, I mean, you look at Delroy Lindo was in Crooklyn. Okay. Um, one of the women from Malcolm X, she's an elderly woman. She was in Malcolm X and then she was in Crooklyn. Because there's a moment in Malcolm X where he's, he, and this really did happen. He's not going into the Audubon Ballroom the day of the assassination. And he's been circling in his car, the Audubon Ballroom, several times. And this woman says, are you okay, son? Are you okay? And she says, I will pray for you. Not knowing that a few minutes later he would be struck down by an assassin's bullet. And so we're going to talk about that. I studied Malcolm X in high school. Very fascinating character. Many different shades and layers to Malcolm X. And his daughters have said that there is missing pieces of that biography that Alex Haley withheld. Or maybe the publisher withheld. And that one day they were going to be put back in. Because, you know, 
there was a lot more to the story. And so tonight we dive in, today we dive in to Malcolm X, released in 1992, directed by Spike Lee. Denzel Washington received an Oscar nomination for Best Actor, lost to Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman. I like Al Pacino, but come on. You're, you're gonna. Oh, and, and also that year, you had another iconic person being played on the screen, and that was Charlie Chaplin, brought to the screen by Robert Downey Jr. In a way, I'm kind of happy he didn't win because that probably would have made him dive even more into excess. Because, you know, when you win an Oscar, you're either, oh, great, or fuck all. You know what I mean? And, I mean, a lot of the female actresses who have won the Oscar will get divorces. Well, not Meryl Streep, but, you know, or uh, Helen Mirren. They're more refined in that aspect. But there is a lot of weight to winning that Oscar. And then there are those who don't take it for granted. Denzel Washington. Forrest Whitaker, Jamie Foxx, who really don't take it for granted. They are aware. I remember when Forrest Whitaker won and he said, this is for the kid from South Texas. And um, Halle Berry, Halle Berry's Oscar speech is epic, is epic. And oh, isn't that weird? So 10 years later, Denzel Washington wins an Oscar for Best Actor for Training Day. So 10 years after Malcolm X, for which he was nominated for Best Actor, he'd been nominated for Best Actor in between that. He wins, you know, 40 years after Sidney Poitier won. In fact, yesterday was Sidney Poitier's 94th birthday. And so today on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, we're going to talk about Malcolm X. Coming up, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Stay tuned. Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, well, um, on this day, about 56 years ago, Malcolm X was assassinated. And today, it is coming to light that someone was in on it. And that someone, and that his security detail basically was bought and had um, for access but tonight, we're going to talk about the Spike Lee film, which garnered Denzel Washington a Best Actor Oscar nomination for playing Malcolm X. I mean, that year was interesting because, you know, Al Pacino won. Al Pacino really won because it was a career achievement. When you're nominated that many times with no wins, and that's unfortunate. And then you had Robert Downey Jr., who was nominated for playing Charlie Chaplin. It was, it was a really stellar year. Um, But, you know, when you play Malcolm X and, you know, the late Ed Bradley of 60 Minutes interviewed Denzel Washington. He said to him, you know, when I heard you were going to play Malcolm, I didn't see it. And then I saw it and you became the character. And that's a testament not only to Denzel Washington, but to Spike Lee. You know, Spike Lee is a controversial character. I don't find him controversial, but a lot of people do and how Spike Lee tells a story and that is no exception telling the story of Malcolm X 
Malcolm X, the film opens with the Rodney King beating during the, the riots. That's how the film opens. And Spike Lee did that. that I don't know him personally, but from my own interpretation, he did that to show that things haven't changed. Things have gotten a tiny bit better, but it's still dangerous out there for people of color. And that's why the beginning of Malcolm X begins the way it does. And then it dives into the backstory of who this man was, Malcolm Little, Detroit Red. He had so many different names. And the film, this is an epic. You know it's an epic when it's told in two pieces because there is a, you know... What is it? There, there is an intermission. There's an intermission. It's a long film. It goes all the way from the beginning of his life until the end of his life, the day that he is assassinated on February 21st, 1965 at the Autobahn Ballroom in New York City in Harlem. Yeah. And so we're not going to play any clips tonight. I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Interesting. And then to learn that his wife and his daughters said that Alex Haley didn't publish the entire thing. That there's pages missing. And how that always bothered his wife, Betty Chavez. Betty Chavez um, continued her life, um, got a doctorate degree, raised her daughters that she had with Malcolm X. And then, unfortunately, her grandson was staying with her and he had mental health problems. Set fire to the house. She got burned and died later on of her injuries. So it was a that, you know, and you think of it, I mean, basically, it was a tough time for her. She's raising these girls all by herself, you know, and the movie, the movie shows a lot, a lot. I mean, you are literally transformed. Throughout the movie of Malcolm X. And it's a great cast. You know, that's the thing of what Scorsese, Tarantino, and Spike Lee all do. Is they use a lot of their character actors. Okay? If you watch Malcolm X the movie, who's in the movie? Delroy Lindo. Okay? Who's also in The Five Bloods. But was playing West Indian Archie in Malcolm X. Spike Lee plays a character. You have Christopher Plummer, who was some kind of chaplain when Malcolm X was in prison. And then you have Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett, who is playing Betty Chavez, um, a year before she was to play Tina Turner. So that's interesting. That's interesting. And the legacy. I mean, the film is almost 30 years old. You know, um, Malcolm X has been played by different people in different movies. You have the movie Ali. About um, Muhammad Ali, where I think Mario Van Peebles plays Malcolm X. And then you have uh, One Night in Miami. That's uh, out now, I think, on uh, Amazon Prime. Directed by the wonderful Regina King. I love that that's a story. That's her directorial debut. You know, so, and that's a historical moment. You know, you got Malcolm X, you got Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. Jim Brown is the only one of that group still alive to tell the tale of what happened one night in Miami. And so, these are, these are historical forces. And today, 
it has come out that there's more to the Malcolm X assassination than we thought. Of course, conspiracy theories, I always think, are bullshit. This is not a conspiracy theory, though. There was always that idea that someone was in on it. And his security detail had been bought. So that's the unfortunate thing that we're learning about years later, after the death of the security detail of Malcolm X, Betty Shabazz, Malcolm X uh, Jr., the great grandson or the grandson who later died in Mexico. There's a lot to this story. We're going to tell more of it tonight on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Stay tuned. Brother Johnson. Who the hell are you? I'm the minister for Muslim Temple Number Seven. Never heard of you. Where is he? Nobody here by that name. Wait a second. What is your name, fellow? Don't worry about what my name is. Two witnesses saw Brother Johnson brought in here, beat up. Nobody saw him brought out. You didn't hear the sergeant? Outside. I suggest you look outside that window. Jimmy, come here a second. Yes, we intend to see Brother Johnson. Who the hell are they supposed to be? They're brothers of Brother Johnson. Eddie, let me take a look at that blotter. Yeah, we got a Muslim. Relief must have put it down. Must have. But you can't see him. Because you ain't his lawyer. No lawyer, no see. Well, until I'm satisfied that Brother Johnson is receiving proper medical care, nobody will move. Good evening, we're back talking about the 1992 film Malcolm X. We're just playing some clips of the film. 
Everywhere I go, I am welcomed as the representative of our people. Our struggle is known and respected worldwide. Coincidentally, there are two white men who follow me around wherever I go. I wonder who they're working for. If I was a betting man, I'd say the CIA. But you'll get it. I arrived. Today I arrived in Arabia. I, I have never, never witnessed, witnessed such sincere, such hospitality. sincere hospitality and true brotherhood as practiced here in the ancient home of Abraham, Muhammad, and the great prophets of the scriptures. Today, with thousands, thousands of, others, of others, I proclaimed God's greatness in the sacred city of Mecca. Wearing the Ihram garb, I made my seven circuits around the Kaaba. I drank from the well of Zemzem. I prayed to Allah from Mount Arafat. It was the only time in my life that I stood before the creator of all and felt like a complete human being. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi Now you may be shocked by these words, but I have eaten from the same plate, drunk from the same glass, and prayed to the same God with fellow Muslims whose eyes were blue, whose hair was blonde and whose skin was the whitest of white. And we were all brothers, true. People of all colors and races believing in one God, in one humanity. Each hour here in this sacred land enables me to have a greater spiritual insight into what is happening in America. The American Negro can never be blamed for his racial animosities. He's only reacting to 400 years of oppression and discrimination. But as racism leads America up the suicidal path, I do believe that the younger generation will see the handwriting on the wall and many of them will want to turn to the spiritual path of the truth. The only way left in this world to ward off the disaster that racism must surely lead to. Once before in prison, the truth came and blinded me. Well, it has happened again. In the past, I've made sweeping indictments of all white people. And these generalizations have caused injuries to some white folks who did not deserve it. Because of the spiritual rebirth which I was blessed to undergo as a result, of my pilgrimage to the holy city of Mecca. I no longer subscribe to sweeping indictments of one race. I intend to be very careful not to sentence very anyone. careful not to sentence anyone who has not, who has been, not proven been proven guilty. guilty. I am not a racist. I am not a racist. To any of the and I do not subscribe to any of the tenets of racism. In all honesty and, In all honesty and sincerity, it, it can be stated that I wish nothing but freedom, Justice, Justice and equality. equality, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all people. Now, my first concern, of course, is with the group to which I belong, for we, more than any others, are deprived of our inalienable rights. But I believe the true practice of Islam can remove the cancer of racism from the hearts and the souls of all Americans. And if I can die having brought any light 
having exposed any meaningful truth that will help destroy this disease, then all the credit is due to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds, and only the mistakes have been mine. Please give all my love to the children. I love you dearly. Sincerely, Al-Hajj Malik, Al-Shabazz, Malcolm X. side of the house from what I can tell. It bounced up against the window and that's what woke my daughter up and had it gone inside the window my two-year-old, my four-year-old and my six-year-old daughter would have been... I'm just telling you, had that happened, I'd have taken my rifle, I'd have gone after anyone in sight. Do you think this was a warning or an attempt on your life? <laughs> what does it look like? Does it look like a warning to you? This is a definite attempt by the nation of Islam upon the strict orders of Mr. Elijah Muhammad. Do you know what they're saying at the Muslim headquarters? I don't care what they're saying. It doesn't matter to me what they're saying. I can tell what they're doing. 
Minister Baines, can you please tell us who bombed the house? Well, we feel it's a publicity stunt on the part of Malcolm X, but we hope it isn't a case of, well, if he can't keep the house, we won't get it either. That's enough. Excuse me. Betty and the kids? They're fine. They're across the street. Let's get two men on post, two in front of the house. Okay. Did you see anybody? No, I didn't see anyone, but I know who it is. You know I know who did it. These are the questions. These are the questions you and I have to ask. How did we get this mine? You're not an American. You're an African who happens to be an American. You have to understand the difference. We didn't come over on the Danita, the Pinta, and the, and, the, and the whatchamacallit. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Landed right on and so what I'm doing is just playing clips from the movie. It's an epic movie. It's epic. And when you're talking about Malcolm X, to I think, you know, what Spike Lee did was masterful. And, you know, Spike Lee, unfortunately, wasn't even nominated for that. Um, he, you know, he wasn't nominated for director until... Black Klansman He didn't get I mean and What he did with Malcolm X I, I think you know The film industry Has a lot of problems mm. Malcolm X starring Denzel Washington Angela Bassett Albert Hall Al Freeman Jr. as Elijah Muhammad And Delroy Lindo Spike Lee Music by Terrence Blanchard Released November 18th, 1992. 201 minutes. Made about $73 million. Mm. What it would, uh. Well, this film. Yeah, oh, okay. Political activists Bobby Seal and Al Sharpton make cameo appearances as a pair of street preachers. Civil rights attorney William Kunstler. Kunstler appears as a judge who sentences Malcolm and Shorty to prison. Future South African President Nelson Mandela, Mandela appears as a sweet school teacher delivering a lecture on X. Spike Lee regular Nicholas Taturo had a minor role as Boston police officer. Michael Imperioli has a brief appearance as a news reporter. Film director John Sales appears as an FBI agent surveying Malcolm. Washington's then eight-year-old son, John David Washington, appears as a Harlem Elementary School student. John David would later go on to star in Lee's 2018 Black Klansman. Ah. Ozzie Davis provides the voiceover narration over the film's closing sequence, reading the eulogy he had originally performed at the real Malcolm X's funeral. Producer Marvin Wirth acquired the rights to the autobiography of Malcolm X in 1967. Wirth had met Malcolm then, called Detroit Red, as a teenager selling drugs in New York City. Wirth was 15 at the time and spending time around jazz clubs in the area. As Wirth remembers, he was selling grass. He was 16 or 17 but looked older. He was very witty, a funny guy who had an extraordinary charisma. A great dancer and a great dresser. He was very good looking, very tall. Girls noticed him. He was quite a special guy. Early on, the production had difficulties telling the entire story, in part due to the unresolved questions surrounding Malcolm X's assassination. 
1971, Worth made a well-received documentary, Malcolm X, which received an Academy Award nomination in that category. The project remained unrealized, however. Several major entertainers were attached to it as various times. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and director Sidney Lumet. Mm. Spike Lee was soon named the director and he made substantial changes to the script. I'm directing this movie and I rewrote the script and I am an artist and there is just no two ways around it. This film about Malcolm X is going to be my vision of Malcolm X, but it's not like I'm sitting atop a mountain saying, screw everyone, this is the mountain I see and I've done the research. I've talked to the people who were there. Soon after, Spike Lee was announced as the director and before its release, Malcolm X received criticism by black nationalists and members of the United Front to preserve the legacy of Malcolm X, headed by poet and playwright Amara Baraka, who were worried about how Lee would portray Malcolm X. One protest in Harlem drew over 200 people based on their opinion or on dislike of Lee's previous films. Uh, Others were concerned that he would focus on stating that we will not let Malcolm X's life be trashed to the middle class Negroes sleep easier. Um, Okay, it would focus on Malcolm before he was converted to Islam. Some, including Lee himself, noted the irony that many of the arguments they made against him mirrored those made against Norman Jewison. Although Washington agreed to play Malcolm X while Jewison was scheduled to direct the film, Lee stated he never envisioned any actor other than Washington in the role. The two had previously worked together on Mo Better Blues, and Lee noticed that Washington had really captured Malcolm in his off-Broadway performance as him. Mm. Okay. Ah, Malcolm X's widow, Dr. Betty Shabazz, served as a consultant to the film. The Fruit of Islam, the defense arm on the Nation of Islam, provided security for the movie. When Denzel Washington took the role of Malcolm X in the play, When the Chickens Come Home to Roost, which dealt with the relationship between Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad, he later admitted he knew little about Malcolm X and had not yet read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Washington prepared by reading books and articles by and about Malcolm X. He went over hours of tape and film footage of speeches. They played open in 1981 and earned Washington a warm review by Frank Rich. Upon being cast in the film, he interviewed people who knew Malcolm X, among them Betty Chavez and two of his brothers. Although they had different upbringings, Washington tried to focus on what he had in common with his character. Washington was close to Malcolm X's age when he was assassinated. Both men were from large families, both of their fathers were ministers, and both were raised primarily by their mothers. Malcolm X is the first non-documentary and first American film to be given permission to film in Mecca, or within the Haram Sharif. A second unit film crew was hired to film in Mecca because non-Muslims such as Lee are not allowed inside the city. Lee fought very hard to get filming in Mecca by Warner Brothers, initially refused to put up the money for location shooting. New Jersey was considered for filming the Mecca segments. In the end, Lee got money and permission together for filming in Mecca. In addition to Nelson Mandela, the film cap featured cameos by Christopher Plummer as the prison's Catholic chaplain, Peter Boyle as a police officer, William Cussler as a judge, and well as well as activist 
Al Sharpton and Black Panther Party co-founder Bobby Seale as street preachers. The film was made shortly after Mandela's 1990 release from the prison and during the negotiations to end apartheid in uh, South Africa. Lee explained that he made the connection between Suito and Harlem. Nelson and Malcolm and what Malcolm talked about. Pan-Africanism. Trying to build these bridges between people of color. He is alive in children of classrooms in Harlem and classrooms in Suito. Mandela ends the film with a quote from Malcolm X himself. With Malcolm in a film clip saying the last words, the quote goes, We declare our right on this earth to be human being, to be respected as a human being, to be given the rights of human being in this society, on earth, in this day, and we intend to bring the existence by any means necessary. Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert ranked the film number one on his top ten list for 1992 and described the film as one of the great screen biographies, celebrating the sweep of an American life and bottomed out in prison before his hero reinvented himself. Ebert and Martin Scorsese, who were sitting in the late at the movie's co-host Gene Siskel, both ranked Malcolm X the top ten films of 1990s. Denzel Washington's portrayal of Malcolm X was widely praised and was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor. Washington lost to Al Pacino, Scent of a Woman, a decision which Lee criticized, saying that I'm not the only one who thinks Denzel was robbed on that one. Washington won the Silver Bear for the Best Actor at the 43rd Berlin International Film Festival. The movie received a number of awards at other festivals. One uh, reviewer... uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 88% based on 57 reviews, with an average rating of 7.5 out of 10. The critics' consensus consensus states, anchored by a powerful performance by Denzel Washington, Spike's lead biopic of the legendary civil rights leader brings his autobiography to life with an epic sweep and a nuanced message. On Metacritic, the film holds a weight average of 72 out of 100 based on nine critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. Yeah. That's Malcolm X. That's the film. Um, you know, I don't think it captured him completely. That's just my opinion. I've watched the film. And like I said, it's a legendary film. Um, I think because there's so much to the story of Malcolm X, um, that, uh, that is. A sound effect I didn't want in there. Um, you know, there, there's a lot. There's a lot to him. When you make a film about someone of that proportion, you know, you do run into things, and um, I think you know, with documentaries, documentaries really do they give you more of a heart of the person and i'll give it to spike lee you know spike lee like i said people i know people who don't like him i've always liked spike lee because you know if you're going to be a filmmaker you have to tell the truth okay and um the autobiography of malcolm x whoa it's malcolm's truth so as always unpleasant dreams